everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you watching the broadcast. We're excited about today's lesson. In fact, I'm going to be talking about it for several weeks now, and I want to encourage you to make your plans to join with us each and every week. You know, it never ceases to amaze me that right here from our television studios in Crowley, Texas, and some of you probably never heard of Crowley, Texas, suburb of Fort Worth, but from right here in Crowley, Texas, in this studio, our broadcast is seen in over 200 nations around the world. And we are so excited to be able to bring lessons from God's Word to you each and every week. We trust that you appreciate it. We trust that you're benefiting from it. And it's always a joy to hear from you. So contact us. Let us know that these lessons are blessing your life, that it's helping you in your spiritual growth. And once again, we just appreciate you watching. We would love to hear from you, so write, call, go online, and let us know that these broadcasts are blessing you. Also, if you have any prayer requests, be happy to join with you and believe God with you for the miracle, for the breakthrough that you need in your life. Got a live audience in the studio today. Thank you guys for coming. Appreciate it very much. And uh, I just trust that you will be ministered to as well, right along with the audience at home. We're going to be talking about if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Now, I'll never forget way back in 1982 when the Lord gave me that phrase. We were just finishing up on our annual Jerry Savelle Ministries International board meeting. And uh, we'd been together. Our board of directors had been together all weekend. And then we had them all to come to our home and have a, a dinner and some fellowship and some of them were actually staying in our home overnight, and uh, we were up most of the night. In fact, somewhere after midnight, we finally went to bed. And the moment my head hit the pillow, I heard this phrase, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. I actually said, that's wonderful, Lord, but not now. I am tired. <laughs> and so I tried to go to sleep, and he said it again. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. I said, Lord, I've never heard anything like that before. It sounds like an exciting study, but can it wait? I'm tired. And so I tried to go to sleep again. And the third time he said, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. So I knew I was not going to get any sleep until I got up and studied that out. So I got up and, uh, and my wife said, uh, where are you going? I said, I'm going to my study. The Lord just said something and I got to go study it out. She said, can it wait till tomorrow? I said, apparently not. Uh, he said it three times. So I went to my study and, and I thought, now where in the world did he get that phrase? If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Anybody ever heard that prior to 1982? Well, a lot of people have since then because little did I know that that night as I began studying that phrase, and began to search the Word of God, little did I know that what I learned that night was a message that was going to go around the world and touch literally millions of people and become a book that would be reprinted I don't know how many times in several different languages. In fact, every nation I have visited since 1982, when I arrive there, somebody says to me, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep you good. In fact, I remember shortly after I wrote the book, Carolyn and I were in Singapore, our first visit to Singapore. 
And uh, we arrive there uh, in the wee hours of the morning, after midnight. And we're walking through the, the airport there in Singapore. Never been there before. And uh, been invited to come and do this conference. And so we saw two young men walking toward us who looked as though they were probably born in Singapore, you know. And, and so they came toward us. They had this silly grin on their face, you know, like Christians do sometimes. And uh, they had this grin on their face. And I said, Carolyn, I think that might be our ride to the hotel. Well, when they got up next to us or in front of us, they didn't say, welcome, Brother Jerry. Thank you for coming, Sister Carolyn. The first thing they ca- that came out of their mouths were, or was, if Satan can't steal your joy, it can't keep your goods. I said... <laughs> Uh, they know about us here, Carolyn, <laughs> you know, and uh, they just smiled and laughed and we laughed with them. And, and so I realized this book is touching lives. This message is touching lives all over the world. Now, I'm going to be talking about that today and over the next several weeks. And it is a powerful revelation. And I want to take you to the scripture that the Lord led me to where this message was birthed and where it was born. So let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and we'll begin reading in verse 32. It says, But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. Now, I believe that everybody in here can identify with this. What he's saying is, when you first came to the Lord, the fight was on. How many of you remember that? You know, a lot of people have this mistaken idea that if you become a Christian, then it's smooth sailing for the rest of your life. Whoever told you that lied. (laughs) It's not smooth sailing for the rest of your life. It can be and should be a life of victory. However, you will endure affliction, turmoil, trouble, problems, tests, trials, adversity, challenges, whatever name you want to give it. In fact, I was in Tulsa one time many years ago preaching at, uh, in the Maybe Center at Oral Roberts University. And uh, there were several thousand people there. And at the end of the message, I gave an invitation to pray for people. There was a long prayer line. And I'm working my way down the line praying for people. And this one particular man said, Brother Jerry, I want you to pray that I will never have another challenge for the rest of my life. So I laid my hands on him. I said, Lord, let this man die. He said, I don't want to die. I said, well, sir, you just asked me to pray that you never have another challenge. I said, the only way I know that can happen, you have to die and leave the planet. I said, as long as you're on this planet, you're going to be faced with challenges. Well, I don't want to die, he said. So I put my hands back on him and said, Lord, he's decided to live. Let him live. And I said, now, I can pray that you will get a revelation of God's Word and learn how to stand on the Word of God. And even though you will have challenges, you'll never be defeated by them again if you learn how to take God at His Word. Isn't that true? But notice here, the writer is saying to this group of people, remember those former days in which after you were illuminated or when the Word first came into your life. How many of you remember those days? For me... It was 1969. That's when the Word first came into my life, and I was illuminated. In other words, you remember the psalmist says, the entrance of God's Word bringeth light. 
It's like the light came on and you were excited. I'll never forget those days, how excited I was as I first began this journey in the Word of God. I'm reading the Bible. I'd never read the Bible before, you know, other than a couple of stories when I was a kid. I loved reading about Samson. I loved reading about David and Goliath. That's about the only stories or the only thing I'd ever read in the Bible. I knew John 3.16, not because I'd read it, but because they told me about it in Sunday school as a little boy. But as far as reading the Bible, I didn't do that until 1969. And, you know, I accepted the call to preach. And I thought, if I'm going to preach, you know, I got this great revelation. I better read the Bible. <laughs> you need to know what the Bible says if you're going to preach. Amen. And so I began reading the Bible and began learning about my covenant with God, learning about the blessing of the Lord, learning about our authority as believers, learning about being redeemed from the curse. And I was excited. I'm telling you, I'd come out of that bedroom and I'd run in there and tell my wife, did you know, you know, and uh, she'd been in, you know, uh, walking with the Lord since she's eight years old, filled with the Holy Ghost when she's eight years old, grew up in a church that, you know, Oral Roberts came to, T.L. Osborne came to, William Brennan came to, uh, all those great healing evangelists. Uh, her pastor, Jack Moore, was best friends with all those men. So she grew up in this. I didn't. And so I'd run in there and I'd say, Carolyn, did you know? And she'd say, yes, I've been knowing that all my life. I said, well, why didn't you tell me? You know? And so I was so excited. And I'll never forget, and you've probably experienced the same thing, when I first found out that what Jesus did on the cross not only provided for my salvation, but by His stripes we were healed. And I began studying that. And I come running out of that bedroom one day. I said, Carolyn, did you know that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed? She said, yes. She said, in fact, last Sunday we sang about it in church. Weren't you listening to what you were singing? I said, no, I didn't know we were singing about that. She, I was just singing, you know. And uh, she said, we sang that little chorus. Uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And with his stripes, we are healed. I said, yeah, I sang that, but I didn't know it said that, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and this is becoming a revelation to me that praise God, by his stripes, we are healed. And I said, well, Carolyn, if that's true, then our days of sickness and disease are over. Praise God. We're going to live in divine health. Now, I was illuminated, but the next day I got up with all the symptoms of the flu. The next day. Anybody ever had that happen to them? I mean, the next day. And then I read over in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus said that once the word is sown in a person's heart, Satan comes immediately to steal the word. Now, I didn't, I didn't know that until a few days later, but I got up the next morning with all the symptoms of the flu. It was flu season, you know, in our neighborhood and all that. And people were talking about getting the flu. And, and I just found out I'm healed and I'm not going to have the flu. Hallelujah. And now I got up and have all the symptoms of the flu. What is happening? I had been illuminated. And then there was this great fight, this great affliction. Now, my first reaction was, well, I guess I didn't read that correctly. Maybe we're not healed, you know. And that's exactly what Satan wanted me to think. Amen. Because he wants us to believe the symptoms more than we believe what God's word says. And so I'm a little disappointed 
In fact, I'm becoming a little bit discouraged. Now, you have to realize I'm less than three months old in the Lord when this happened. And I'm thinking I got this great revelation, and now I'm sick. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'm not reading this correctly. Maybe, you know, like they said, healing's passed away and all that kind of stuff. Those thoughts. See, that's how Satan operates, thoughts. That's the reason the Bible says you have to cast down every thought that does not line up with the Word of God. So I'm walking around that bedroom, you know, my nose is running, my eyes are watering, and I got all the symptoms of the flu, and I'm carrying my Bible around in there, and I'm saying, Lord, I thought you said we were healed. Look at me. What's going on? And that's when he began to show me that it was Satan trying to steal the Word from me and how that you have to stand on the Word of God. Now, that's what Paul, I believe, who is the writer of the book of Hebrews, is saying to this group of people. You remember those days. Well, I do, and I'm expressing and sharing that testimony with you. But you know, after I came to realize that it was Satan trying to steal the Word, and then I learned how to take the Word of God. If Satan's trying to steal the Word, what Word is it he's trying to steal? The very Word that just illuminated you. So wouldn't it make sense that that's the very Word you need to use to fight against him with? Amen. Amen. And so I just took my Bible and started walking the floor and started quoting the word that promised that I was healed. And, you know, I noticed I started feeling better. I noticed some of the symptoms were leaving. They didn't all leave immediately. But as I continued confessing the word of God, then eventually all the symptoms were gone and I was totally healed before dark. Hallelujah. Amen. And God's showing me my word works but you're going to have to stand for it. Amen? You're going to have to stand for the Word of God. You know, you get a revelation of prosperity. God wants you to prosper. What happens? An attack on your finances. You, you get a revelation of, of, uh, of joy. What happens? Something comes to depress you or cause you to become depressed or, or frustrated or, you know, full of anxiety. That's the way Satan operates. Once the Word is sown, then he comes to steal it. Now, notice what he says as we continue reading. Partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and you took joyfully, here it is, the phrase, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Notice he said that in those early days of your Christianity, when you were first hearing the Word of God and it was becoming a revelation to you, immediately attacks came in your life. Satan came to steal the Word. Not only did he come to steal the Word, but he endeavored to steal their goods, their material possessions. Why? Because... You know, for a lot of Christians, if you go to taking away their goods, then it could cause them to become discouraged and hopefully, on the devil's part, turn their back on God. Well, God, here I've surrendered my life to you. I've, I've, I've invited you to be the Lord of my life. I'm trying to live for you. And what good has it done? I'm losing everything. That's what Satan hopes you will say. See, that's what that attack with Job was all about. When Satan attacked Job, remember the Bible said 
that God had blessed Job and made him the wealthiest man in all the East. And then Satan began to come and steal and attack and destroy. And he was trying to take everything from Job that God had blessed him with. Satan even said, tried to get God to do it. He said, if you will uh, come against him and take back what you've blessed him with, he will curse you to your face. That's what Satan said to the, to, to the heavenly father, to God, that if you take everything you've blessed him with, he will curse you to your face. And God said, no, he won't. I know him. And he would not take anything from Job that he blessed him with. But Satan did. And Job never one time turned his back on God. That's what that attack was all about, was to try to get Job to turn his back on God. You know, if God's blessed you uh, with finances and God's blessed you with, with certain material things and then, you know, trouble comes and, you know, bad economy and inflation and all that kind of stuff and you start losing some things or you can't afford them anymore. He hopes, Satan hopes, that that's the excuse you will use to say, it's not worth it. I'm not serving God anymore. And a lot of Christians have done that. A lot of Christians have blamed God for the attacks when he was not behind it. You say, but wait a minute. Didn't Job say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away? Job said that. It's true. Job said that. But what Job said is not a statement of truth. There's a difference. Amen. I mean, I could tell you in this, you know, in this studio and over this broadcast that uh, I have discovered that all dogs have six legs. You could walk out of here and say, you know what Jerry Savelle said? That dogs have six legs. It would be true that I said it. But you know as well as I do, what I said is not a statement of truth. We all know they have seven. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, what I said was not a statement of truth. Amen, there's a difference. Now, Job said that under pressure, and at the same time, you have to understand, Job didn't know there was a devil. All he'd ever known was God. So he just assumed that it was God. But later, God teaches him better and lets him know, I was not behind this attack, and told him to be careful what comes out of your mouth, Amen. And, and you'll go over to Job chapter 6. You'll find Job saying, how forceful are right words. And he, and he said, I will put a guard. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'll put a guard over my vocabulary because I've learned how forceful are right words. But notice that didn't last but less than a chapter. Chapter 7, he says, I will not withhold my tongue. You know, he's, he's already under pressure again, you know. Don't laugh because some of his descendants are in here right now. You know, you've done the same thing, you know, where you say, oh, wow, I finally learned the power of words. I'm going to watch my mouth. And then tomorrow you're already talking negative again. So that's Satan's way. The Bible says the apostle Paul calls them the wiles of the devil. That's how he operates. You need to know how your enemy operates so that you can, um, you can identify him the moment he shows up. So if, if you're being blessed by the Word of God, you're receiving insight into the Word of God, and then immediately an attack comes, then you should understand. That wasn't God. 
that was Satan trying to steal the word from me. And you've got to make up your mind. You're not going to let him do it. Amen. You've got to make up your mind. You're not going to let the devil steal the word. Because if he steals it one time, it gets easier for him to steal it the next time. So you've got to draw the line in the sand. You know what I mean by that? You've got to draw the line in the sand and tell the devil, if it's a fight you want, a fight you're going to get, but when the dust settles, me and God will still be standing. Amen. We're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. You're not going to steal my joy and you're not going to keep my goods. Now, that's what we're going to get to in this lesson. I've dis- I discovered while studying this, if Satan can't steal your joy while he's got you under attack, he can't keep what he stole from you. God will make him pay it back, not only pay it back, but there's a potential of a sevenfold restoration. Hallelujah. Amen. That's going to be exciting. We're just laying the foundation for it. Praise God. Now, listen how the message translation reads here. You let them go, your goods. You let them go with a smile, knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure. In other words, when they came for your goods, you let them go with a smile because you knew they couldn't touch your real treasure treasure. Now, what is your real treasure? Your real treasure is the joy of your salvation. Remember, David prayed one time, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Bible joy is not based on circumstances. See, I'm not joyful when everything's going well, and then I'm not joyful when everything's going bad. My circumstances have absolutely nothing to do with my joy because my joy was given to me by Jesus himself when I invited him into my life. Amen. And it's deeply rooted in my heart and it's something that you cannot take from me. Jesus said uh, in the gospel of John, and we'll read some of that on one of the future broadcasts, but he said, my joy, I leave with you. No man take it from you. In other words, our real treasure is the joy that came when we made Jesus the Lord of our lives, which is deeply rooted in our hearts. It's the joy of an intimate relationship with Christ. This joy, once again, is not based on circumstances. It's not based on whether things are going good or going bad. This is the joy that Paul was talking about in his letter to the church Uh, in Philippi when he talked about from prison facing death that even though they've got me in this place I'm still bold I'm still confident I'm still joyful and I know this is going to turn what's he saying my circumstances have nothing to do with the joy I have on the inside of me I have joy when everything's going well I have joy when everything's going bad Now, when you have joy, when everything's going bad, Satan cannot keep what he's taken from you. God will not allow it. And I'm telling you, as we go deeper into this study and I prove it to you from the Word of God, some of you are going to get fighting mad and you're going to stand up in the face of the devil and tell him, I want my stuff back. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Everything you've stolen from me, I want my stuff back. Hallelujah. And God will honor that. So notice here, 
He says, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. In other words, no matter what the devil does to try to steal the word from you, you are not going to give in to his pressure. You're not going to give in to the circumstances. You're going to remain joyful because you know your joy is based on your relationship with Christ. And you know that if you continue your walk with him and you continue to stand on the word of God, it's just a matter of time and victory is at hand. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? I think you ought to give the Lord a good shout for that. Praise God. Amen. Don't ever let the devil steal your joy. Hey, we're going to be back in just a few moments with a special announcement. And so please stay tuned. Do you feel discouraged? Has your joy been left along the wayside? Be of good cheer. Jerry Savelle's book, If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, He Can't Keep Your Goods, outlines powerful truths that will help you find your joy and walk in victory. Learn how God's Word produces joy and how and why Satan wants to steal it. Laugh more and cry less. It's time to turn the tables on the enemy. When you request your copy today, you'll also receive the CD series, Win or Lose by Your Attitude. Your attitude is an outward expression of your inner self. Your attitude will cause you to fail or succeed in every area of your life. And God wants to give you a positive, hopeful attitude, no matter what's happening around you. In this series, Jerry Savelle motivates you to press beyond your previous breaking point and outlast any circumstance with a great attitude. A good attitude is the tool that causes winners to succeed every time. Call now or visit us at jerrysavelle.org to request this joyful combo. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. And win or lose by your attitude. Don't wait. Be joyful today. We're going to continue this study next week, so please make your plans to join with us. Before we leave the air, let me remind you that our special offer this week, my book, If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, as I said before, this book has gone around the world, has touched literally millions of people. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. And then right along with it, a three CD series entitled Win or Lose by Your Attitude. You know, your attitude is an expression of what's going on deep down on the inside of you. If you get up every morning with a bad attitude, that has something to say about, uh, have you been walking with the Lord closely over the last few days? Or have you allowed yourself to become distracted by what's going on in the world around you? You know, you can, you can lose a positive attitude by watching television, the wrong stuff on television for about 30 minutes. You know, so you need to be careful about what you're listening to, careful about what you look at, and just continue to keep your eyes on the Word of God. This is a powerful study that I know will bless you and every member of your family. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods book, and right along with it, three powerful message on win or lose by your attitude. If you'd like to have them, you can log on to our website. That information's on your screen. You can call the number that's on your screen or you can write and we'll send them to you right away. And I know the moment you get them in your home, you're going to be blessed by these powerful lessons. Thank you once again for joining with us today. Thank you partners for supporting this ministry, helping us in this outreach. We appreciate it greatly. And I pray in the name of Jesus that this lesson today has ministered to you 
that you will take it to heart and determine right now that no matter what's going on around you, you're not going to let the devil steal your joy. Your joy is based on your relationship with Jesus, and he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Thanks again, and we'll see you again next week. 